tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Camp and Robin Show. Thank you so much for being here. I'm Jamie Markley. That's David Van Camp. Scott Robbins out today. It was planned. He's fine. He'll be back tomorrow. There's a lot going on, David. Oh, yeah, there um, is. I mean, how, if we're going to somehow, you know, stack this up as importance, where are we going? Because I guess it depends on who you talk to. Oh, sure. Yeah, I mean, you've got the Omicron variant uh, still going around but receding in many places. Uh, you've got the ongoing discussion about vaccines, how many is too many, how many is not enough. What about stealth Omicron? Stealth Omicron? Uh, nobody knows what that means. Uh, even the people who are saying that stealth Omicron is a thing out there with the coronavirus. Um, you've also got the big news. Stephen Breyer on the Supreme Court is retiring, evidently. Uh, setting up another showdown in D.C. Yes. Iran very close to nuclear capability. Yeah. That's a big story out yeah, there. It's a lot. You know, yeah, that, that's a lot on the plate. There, there also is a little uh, thing going on at our southern border, by the way. At our border or at, or at the Ukrainian border? <laughs> right, of course. I know that everybody wants to talk about protecting Ukraine's sovereignty, but our country's sovereignty is still under assault, and it has been. For the last year, with at this point, what over a million people, over two now, over two million people who have come in yes. illegally. Yep. Okay. Yeah, that's a problem. That's crazy. That's more than a lot of major American cities. And they're just scattered all over the place. Oh yeah. And <laughs> the citizens of the United States can't do anything about it. Nope. No, it's our, crazy. And the people who are supposed to be doing something about it are either ignoring it or uh, saying, well, if you have a problem with it, you're racist or whatever. But, I mean, you pointed this out to me. Bill Malugin from Fox News, he's been down there a lot uh, covering yes. this issue. Uh, he's on the border. He's in southern Texas. And he, <laughs> I mean, he had the report on Tucker's show last night. This and, is astounding. I mean, he's standing in a parking garage or out, out you know, I forget which town he's in, uh, but this is where dozens and dozens of illegal immigrants are dropped off and then whisked away by taxi cab. They take him to the airport. Yes. Yeah. Here, here's part of the. Report. If you're wondering why we happen to be standing in front of a seemingly random parking garage in Brownsville, Texas, it's because this is where we've been watching uh, the federal government just mass releasing single adult male illegal immigrants from federal custody. Just Hold as, on a second, it's families. I thought it was right. all about families. These are just families who are escaping violence or domestic abuse, and they're under threat all the time. You remember early on. 
And it was a few people that made the observation, hey, look at those caravans. That's mostly dudes right. in their 20s. Are you kidding me? Just this afternoon, we were watching as busload after busload of these migrants were dropped off at this parking garage where there was a small unmarked office that all these migrants went into. What you'll notice about these people is they are all single adults, almost all of them single adult men. There are no families, no little children there. That raises eyebrows because single adults are supposed to be expelled via Title 42. It gets crazy. Right. Yeah. That's a huge problem. We don't know who they are. We can't keep doing this. No, this is not sustainable. Uh, And we've been saying that for a while. And then we had what? The borders are Kamala Harris. She's going to check out the root causes. Is she actually doing anything about people just flooding through? Not today. (laughs) Of course. That's not any day. Illusion goes on. 42. It gets crazier, though. Look at this video we shot on Sunday. Exact same location, exact same situation. More migrants being dropped off by federally contracted buses at that same little office. They go inside. Once again, it's all mostly single adult men being released. So what we start seeing is... Okay, before he goes on, just a question. And I mean this sincerely. Think of what we've talked about before. So many people in the United States, they only get their news from one or two places. Yeah. And say one of those, it's your morning, good morning, America, Today show, you know, CBS, good morning, whatever that's called. Do you think they would be interested to know this? Yes. And they would consider it news? Yes. Those people, I can't imagine, would say, you know, that's just not something I'm interested in. (laughs) No, this is a major deal going on right now. And it's almost a crime that legacy media pays no attention to this. All of a sudden, uh, taxi cabs start pulling up to this building. They've got uh, black tarps set up outside so people can't really see what's going on inside. But we see these taxi cabs pulling up and some of the migrants come out from that building and get into the taxi cabs. So we were we were curious and we started following those taxi cabs. Yeah. Where are they going? Yeah. What's going on? We followed them. They went to Harlingen Airport, about 20 minutes away from here, where those migrants boarded airplanes to go elsewhere around the country. We talked to a couple of them. They said they were going to Atlanta, Houston, and Miami. There you go. Nothing to see there. (laughs) Ukraine. Oh, goodness gracious. (laughs) This is awful. Protect the border. And that's, you know, one of the things Tucker was talking about. It was brilliant the way he set that up. But, yeah, that should be a major story. Um, I suppose they were leading into Biden's approval ratings. Yeah. His numbers. Um, not everyone um, has their head in the sand with a lot of this stuff. And maybe they don't know about the border, but they can see what's going on with the economy. Yeah. They see how we're treating COVID. They see all the mismanagement of just a number of issues. And I mean, there's not one poll you can find right now that shows Biden or Kamala Harris in good light. I mean, no, I don't know that we've ever seen anything quite like this before. No, I, I mean he's under forty-five percent in confidence on handling COVID, which which is obviously one of the biggest issues, right? Because when when Trump was president, everybody wanted to pounce on Trump, blaming him for the virus. Oh, he's the reason why everything got out of control with the coronavirus, and here we are more than a year into Joe Biden's presidency, and the coronavirus has actually killed more people than it did when Donald Trump was president. 
And you've still got places that are talking about uh, calling off school. You've yeah. got people Flint, forcing, Michigan. forcing kids into masks all the time. You've got vaccine mandates going on. These are deeply unpopular items, whether whether President Biden has any control over it or not. He doesn't have a control over whether or not a school opens or closed. That's a local or state issue. Uh, but they see this going on and knowing that Joe Biden is not out there jumping up and down saying, no, get your butts back to work and take these masks off these kids. People say, well, my life hasn't actually gotten better. And in a lot of cases, especially when you're talking about the economy, my paycheck doesn't go as far as it used to anymore. Uh, it's gotten mm-hmm. worse than it was under Donald Trump. Well, just on that, David, I mean, there are so many people now, no, cloth masks are basically useless, mm-hmm. like 15 to 20% efficacy. We've been talking about it for a long time. But finally, it's reported within legacy media, and that's how some people that would never know that or were fighting the facts of it, then all of a sudden are like, oh, okay. And they start to smarten up after a while and say, okay, you still have Biden out there saying, hey, I wear a mask. That's how we protect. It's patriotic duty. Right. Like, No, it's not. That's absolute insanity. More on that a little bit later. You're saying Trump made some news yesterday. Well, he did. Uh, So uh, maybe he is going to be running for president again. He seemed to suggest that. So he was doing a golf outing at one of his golf clubs. Mm -hmm. Um, And as he was teeing off, somebody was filming him, and they posted this on Instagram, uh, talking about him getting ready to tee off. And first on tee. 45th president of the United States. 45th and 47th. 47th. Yes, I love Mr. Trump. Trump. Ladies and gentlemen. Wow. He didn't really seem to be joking about that either. I don't want to hear that part again. Go ahead and roll it. 45th president of the United States. 45th and 47th. 47th. Yes, I love Mr. Trump. Trump. Ladies and gentlemen. Wow. Some people are incredibly excited right now. Some people even that are conservative are nervous. I know this from just talking to people. Yeah. Because they would rather see Trump as the kingmaker and support someone like DeSantis. Yeah, I think I think a lot of people are in that boat. Just because it's going to be a lot tougher for Trump with the baggage to win in the general than someone like DeSantis. And that's not to say that the media is not going to go full bore after DeSantis. We're already seeing that. They already are, yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, they haven't went after him to the level of Trump yet. No. Yes. But they would. But, no, I I figured he's probably going to run. And that's going to be fascinating to watch in itself. And it's also going to be interesting to see what goes on with the Supreme Court with Breyer saying he's going to retire. Yeah. I mean... I think this is going to happen, and you'll probably agree. It's not just going to be a fight between conservatives and liberals. There will be a fight on the left if this guy or gal is far left enough. Oh, definitely, yeah. I mean, right right now there is really nothing that Republicans could do to stop the confirmation of a Supreme Court nominee because they use the nuclear option with uh, Neil Gorsuch, and so they're, you know, You just need the simple majority. So there's nothing really they they don't have to care about what the Republican Party says about any nominee that Joe Biden puts up to replace Justice Breyer. 
but you're right. The bigger fight is going to be on the left because for some people in Congress, that person can't be liberal enough. Right. And then you wonder what happens with people like Senator Joe Manchin, Kirsten Sinema, among others who may not want somebody who's too far left. You know who it's going to be, right? Who's that? Yeah, it's going to be Kamala Harris. <laughs> you know, we, we've been talking about this, and it's kind of a conspiracy theory, but Kamala yeah. Harris gets the nomination. She becomes, because she's, she'll take the marching order. She'll, you know, yes. as far as Democrats are concerned, okay, she'll be out of sight, out of mind. We don't have to worry about her. She'll be on the bench for a really long time, relatively mm-hmm. speaking. Um, and then we can bring in somebody else to be vice president, and then Joe Biden can resign, and this is maybe how we get President Hillary Clinton. Yes. We've talked about this a few times, and you wonder if that's not going to be exactly what happens. You know Hillary's not done. That's why yeah. she's been back out in the public a little bit. Mm-hmm. And as far as Kamala goes, uh, I don't know if you happen to see this piece, um, saying, you know, the reason she hasn't been successful so far as vice president is because of that D.C. bubble. Oh, sure. Yeah, that's what it is. It is unreal. Seriously. That, you know, it's just she she doesn't quite fit in with the D.C. culture. She'd already been there. But we'll get to that. And exactly what is Stealth Omicron? They say it's already in 20 states. That coming straight ahead. Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp. Scott Robbins out today. He's fine. He'll be back tomorrow. Stealth Omicron. What is it, David? Please help. Nobody really knows what Stealth Omicron is. Uh, scientists and health officials around the world are keeping an eye on something that's like a it's like a subvariant, they say. It's it's Omicron 2.0. Now they call it Stealth Omicron because it's harder to detect. Okay. So they're worried that some tests that we might have, which we are going to be getting from the federal government in a couple weeks. This was predicted, man. I know where you're going. Might not actually pick up what it is. <laughs> so, okay. Sort of like the current vaccine mm-hmm. that we're telling people you still need to take the vaccine, although it doesn't really work against Omicron. Right. Okay. But still get the vaccine. But we're going to pull the monoclonal antibodies yes, because that's not effective against Omicron. And more on that in a little bit. But we're just trying to make sense of it all. Yeah. Okay. So we don't know exactly what it is. It's just harder to detect. Does it mean that uh, this is worse than Omicron in that uh, more people are going to die? Do we know that? Uh, no. We Honestly, I don't even know why... Uh, this has been such huge news right now because we don't know anything about it. There are some okay. people who are worried that it's more transmissible, but that doesn't necessarily mean that you get worse health outcomes, uh, especially for vulnerable people. So, we again, we don't know. It's just something like, oh, yeah, this has been detected in 40 countries, including the United States. So that that's where we are right now. And now reported in 20 states. Right. Okay. 
And I'm not saying this is fact at all. All right, we're just having a conversation, and I'm telling you what goes through my mind. And I don't think I'm alone, but I'll just speak for me. You hear something like this, and maybe there's something to it. But where my mind goes is, well, we've heard from a lot of different people, experts, that, you know, Omicron may be nature's way of getting us out of this thing, at least for a while, because it doesn't kill as many people as Delta. It's like a bad cold for a lot of people, or even a mild cold. A lot less hospitalizations. We're seeing that wave getting busted now, and we're on the downward trend in a lot of places. I know not all, but the United States as a whole, right? Mm -hmm. Well, before you get too comfortable, stealth Omicron. Right. I think that's just where my mind goes. I think more and more people's eyes are kind of glazing over with this kind of stuff because we're seeing the same cycle play itself out over and over and over and over again. And Mm -hmm. I think the only thing that would get people to pay attention to it more if it started, well, killing more people, and especially if it started affecting kids more than previous strains had. Once that happens, then, then if, you know, if that were to happen, God forbid, then people would stop having their eyes glaze over. But there's only so long that you can keep people in a constant state of panic. Yes. You're really attacking not only Dr. Anthony Fauci, (laughs) you're attacking science. Mm -hmm. We're having just a regular conversation. Right. About what we find out about, about what we hear about. Right. And more on that, because there are people, honestly, David, we know this, that are broken by this whole thing. And it's sad. Oh, completely, yes. I mean, it played out on The View. And listen, I can't stand that show. Uh, I don't even need to go into all of the reasons why, okay? But if you want an example of how people are broken Mm -hmm. by this thing, uh, we'll get to that in the next 15 minutes or so. Meanwhile, I mentioned the latest excuse for Kamala Harris's failure as vice president is the, quote, D.C. bubble. This is from Politico. Um, it's comical, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's ridiculous. I mean, listen, in so many ways, this person has been exposed. If you're just watching it, say as a student of politics, someone that goes out there on a national stage, runs for president like she did, and couldn't get 5%, right? Right. She was checking all the boxes. You had a lot of people that know a lot about politics saying, you know what, she may win. As far as, you know, the representative for the Democratic Party in the election for 2020, she was picked by some people that are pretty smart until she got out on the campaign trail. It's like, oh, man, this is a disaster. She's just not good at this. We thought with all the experience, she'd be really good. Um, But yet in this piece, it talks about the D.C. bubble that is. Kamala apparently has grumbled at times about the customs of D.C., where she remains a relative newcomer. No, 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 no. The reason you're you're not the reason the approval rating is down in the dumps for Kamala Harris has nothing to do with the D.C. bubble because you're not polling people just in the D.C. bubble. Correct. It's it's other things that she's done. It is time for us to do what we have been doing, and that time is every day. It's just words. <laughs> it doesn't say anything. And then when she says something, people think she's out of her mind. December 7th, 1941. <laughs> September 11th, 2001. 
and January 6th, uh -huh. 2021. Obviously. And these are all put into the same boat? That just doesn't resonate with people. Not at all. Um, but Fauci is in the news now, and for good reason. you got to hear this straight ahead. Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Thank you so much for being here. I'm Jamie Markley. That's David Van Camp. Scott Robbins is out today. He'll be back tomorrow. Well, I'm almost sad Scott's not here right now to hear the latest on Fauci. Oh, yeah. You know how much he loves Dr. Anthony Fauci, mm. the science itself. Of course. The science in human form. Uh, the FDA very suddenly pulled the emergency use authorization for two antibody treatments for COVID. The state of Florida made a lot of headlines because they said, hey, we got the rug pulled out from under us. Uh, we're shutting down our state sites because of this. Now, the companies involved both agree with the decision the FDA made, right? But but you'll be forgiven for thinking that there is a political motive or some sort of retribution, because that's how this government under Joe Biden has operated in the last Listen, year. I think, it's, I think it's fair to say we've never focused on the treatment of COVID. It's right. all been geared toward vaccine. Yeah. So all of a sudden, what we've heard time and time again, that this has really worked well, but it, now we're told, okay, with Omicron, it just doesn't work so well monoclonal antibodies so we're going to pull that and i mean i've heard that from a couple of doctors other people say well that's not quite true and again you're left with i don't know what's real right well and, I think that's where a lot of people are and there are still cases out there that are not omicron so it seems odd to just pull it back like that and take away that tool in case somebody could benefit from it you know and so we'll you know we'll see what happens out of that but dr anthony fauci was asked about that specific concern all right what about people who who have covid but but not omicron well if you look in the united states about 99 percent of the isolates are omicron so it would be extremely unusual for someone to still have a lingering delta infection right now i think a month or two ago that was different when omicron was replacing delta but now if you look at the isolate throughout the country the very very high i mean literally close to 100 percent of the isolates now are omicron and that's the reason why the okay. fda made that decision since these two monoclonal antibodies yeah. don't work against Omicron, that it would not be a good idea to uh, administer to anyone because all you'll have is the risk of a potential adverse effect okay. with essentially no benefit from the actual therapeutic effect. Meanwhile, We can all say it together. Let's all just say it together because we're all thinking the same thing. Okay. Go ahead, David. Well, well I'm just, I, I, think, I think, you know, by that logic, you could also say then we should not be trying to require five-year-olds to take the current COVID vaccine because, you know, there isn't much of a risk with COVID for them anyway. And there is a potential side effect risk for kids, and that hasn't been fully uh, fleshed out. 
It's it's not a given, but you know there are still lingering. You're questions. really attacking not only Dr. <laughs> Anthony Fauci. You're attacking science. <laughs> now, now it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, that just doesn't make sense. Again, go get vaccinated. Go get vaccinated. Got to have the mandate. Go get vaccinated. Uh, well, it's not working in its Omicron. It doesn't matter. Go get vaccinated. Keep you out of the hospital. Keep from dying. Okay? Just go along with that. Those monoclonal antibodies. We're not just going to suggest that, hey, make sure that it's the other variant because this won't work so well. Maybe not at all against Omicron. But, my gosh, it might come back around. Is that what we're saying? Yeah. So, but, and, and then you'll give it back to Florida, right? Mm-hmm. You've broken the trust. That's why this guy should have been gone a year ago, because he's been caught in too many lies. And I really do hope that later this year, everything comes to light, because we know from the email trail between him and Francis Collins, they knew early on the origins of this thing in China, and they tried to cover it up. And it's just hard to even listen to that dude talk, because you can't trust him. Anyway, I mentioned that some people are, in my opinion, broken by this whole thing. And part of it, you understand, okay, as far as you're just trying to do the right thing, whether it's for your elderly grandparents or parents or uh, your kids, whatever it is. You know, there was that piece from The View the other day when they were talking about Bill Maher's conversation from last Friday night of... And basically saying, we're over this. A lot of people are over it. Okay, they want to get back to their lives now. Not to mention, there's too many things here that have not made sense. Some have called it Bill Maher's red pill moment. (laughs) Okay, so on The View, and I had heard one clip from one of these other women, but this is Whoopi Goldberg. First, I'll set it up with part of what Maher said, because this is what they played on The View before Whoopi had her take. I just want to get your reaction to it. Don't work. No, not anymore, Fauci. Please. It's Mar. Nobody cares anymore. I don't want to live in your paranoid world anymore, your mask paranoid world. You know, you go out, it's silly now. You know, you have your mask, you have to have a card, you have to have a booster. They scan your head. <laughs> like you're a cashier and I'm a bunch of bananas. I'm not bananas, you are. That's not really funny to people who have lost their kids Mm, to this vaccine or people who have lost family members or dear friends to this. What kind of slip was that? Lost kids to the vaccine or are you talking about the COVID? I I assume she meant to COVID. Well, we'll just go by her words here. (laughs) Not really funny to people who have lost their kids Mm, to this vaccine Mm. or people who have lost family members or dear friends to this. This is what we're doing to protect our families. And you don't have to do it, but stay away from everybody. Because if you're the one who's not paying attention and you're coughing and sneezing, you don't want to, then stay out of the public, man. This is not, nobody wants this. Can you help make sense of that, David? Yeah, I, I think the I, I think the reverse should be true. If you're if you really do have a health concern, you need to take this very seriously. Right? Agree. If you are elderly, if you have severe pre-existing conditions, yes, I, and you know this already. I, I nobody here needs to explain that to you. You understand this, right? 
But how many people who have wound up in the hospital or wound up dying thought that they did everything right and it didn't work for them in the end? That's really what I think Bill Maher is getting to. That's what we've been talking about for a long time is that yes. it, it's it's a virus. You know, you can't do the right thing or the wrong thing unless you're, you know, licking a sick person's face or something like that. <laughs> you know, that then I would say that probably does fall into the wrong thing category. But when you're looking at ri- basic risk assessments, it doesn't make sense to mask up kids in school. It doesn't no. make sense to, you know, Clorox wipe all your groceries or your mail or any of that kind of stuff. It does. It just doesn't make sense to do any of that. Um, and a lot of the public health measures clearly have not worked. So why do we keep doing the things that did not work and expect different results? Apparently to make the egomaniacs at The View feel more comfortable, I guess. And I think he's forgetting that people are still at risk who cannot get vaccinated. People who can't get the Little kids under the age of five. They're not at risk anyway, really. I mean, most they are not. Most of those kids are not at risk anyway. Correct. And anyone who is at great risk who wanted to get vaccinated can go get vaccinated. Probably already has been vaccinated. Yes. I don't understand that take. That's, that sounds like a broken person. Yeah, well, people with health conditions. How dare you be so flippant, man? They're, they're, still, like, people, they're, they're over it. Like, yeah. Like a relationship. I'm yeah. over it. I don't feel like I don't seeing him anymore. To the post-mask point. When is this supposed to end? Yeah. The, the funniest part of all of that to me is that they're all sitting around a table not wearing masks. <laughs> <laughs> well, we test all the time. Blah, 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 yeah, blah, okay. blah. All right, we'll switch gears. Okay, this story about Capitol Police spying on people in Congress and yeah. the people that they meet, regular citizens. Oh, yeah. This is jarring, dude. Yeah, it is. And and this is something we talked about last year as Nancy Pelosi and Democrats in the House were looking at beefing up uh, the Capitol Police uh, security apparatus, you could say. You know, they're talking about opening up satellite offices all over the country, basically becoming another intelligence agency that Mm -hmm. already is not as accountable as your run-of-the-mill police department because there are national security uh, uh, considerations made. Like, you can't just put a Freedom of Information Act request into the Capitol Police and expect to return because they're exempt from a lot of the regulations that many other public outfits and public safety outfits are adhering to. So basically what they've done in the wake of January 6th is they're turning into a government spy agency. And we're seeing this. Uh, Betsy Woodruff Swan and and, uh, Daniel Lippman uh, from Politico broke the details this week of what they are doing. And it involves deep dives into the speech, background and lifestyle details of who members of Congress are meeting with, including donors, Hill staff, mayors, state legislators and other Americans who are, well, exercising a constitutional right to speak with their elected officials. So So, if we don't like the way you think, if we don't like your worldview, and you might be, quote, problematic, in other words, conservative, we may flag you as some sort of threat. Yes. That's insane. That's not the United States of America. No. Uh, so there was a donor meeting 
that was at Senator Rick Scott's house. He's also the chair of the National Republican Senatorial Committee. Uh, the homeowner and the attendees had their social media scrutinized and evaluated for foreign contacts. A donor meeting with Representative Steve Scalise uh, got the similar treatment. Uh, the Capitol Police were directed to search for any information about event attendees, including donors and staff, that would cast a member in a negative light. Well, so the people that you're associating with, I'm sorry, but Eric Swalwell was banging a Chinese spy. Fang Fang. For years. <laughs> that was her name, Fang Fang. And he's still, that guy's still on the intelligence committee. It, it, it's beyond belief. But he's got Some a, of this stuff, it's like you get used to it every day, like how insane it is, but then you stop and think, yes, he slept with a Chinese spy yes. named Fang Fang, and he's still on the intelligence committee, but they want to look at who's coming in to meet with their congressperson. Yes. And look into their private stuff. No. This crap has got to stop, man. All right. Get an update on that later. I mentioned this earlier. It is National Spouses Day. Mm-hmm. There was a big uh, a big survey taken, and surprisingly, 44% admit their spouse gets on their nerves. I say surprising because it's only 44%. Right. Everybody gets on everybody's nerves at some point, don't they? Right, exactly. Everybody's different, and there are yes. going to be conflicts. And so, yeah, there are things that... I do that get on my wife's nerves, I'm sure. I mean, I'm I'm pretty much as close to perfect as possible, but, you know. We've talked about it several times. Every once in a while, you know, I'll do something that I think is still in line with perfection, but it's something that she doesn't like. Um, and so, yeah, she'll get annoyed with me. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I see, I'm a very gracious and humble person, so... You know, I try. Maybe to that's make why sure. she gets irritated because you're so awesome. I, exactly. You know, I uh, yeah. I, she feels somewhat inadequate sometimes, I and tr- maybe <laughs> it's a case of the grumpies. I try to give this mere mortal a pass for some of the things because to err is human. Oh my right? gosh! I mean, but okay. sometimes I get annoyed with her. Yeah, I get it. Here's another shocking stat: only 16 percent said they argue with their spouse on a regular basis. Really? How would you define regular basis? Well, and also, how would you define arguing? I guess it all depends, but still, that seems a little bit low, but that's that's kind of a good thing, I think. Um, Boy, if you're you're nervous about gun laws and rights, you got to hear this story straight ahead. Markley, Van Camp, and Robin Show. Thank you for being here. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp. Scott Robbins out today. He'll be back tomorrow. Okay, let's talk guns. From, I mean, if there's a gun expert on this show, it's David Van Camp. I'm not a gun expert. I like guns. You teach people how to shoot. Mm-hmm. I like to shoot guns, but I don't teach people. Mm-hmm. I guess basic pointers. Yeah. But I mean... Aren't you, like, licensed to do that? The instructor, yeah. Yeah, see? Yeah. What's well, bragging you up, man. All right. Take it. Yes. All good. Yes, expert over here. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what is this deal in California? Yeah, well, the, the city council of San Jose uh, passed 
a first-of-its-kind-in-the-nation law that is blatantly illegal. Uh, it, this will be taken to court, and it will be overturned, but this shows you where liberals are going with gun violence, especially in liberal cities, which already have pretty strict gun laws on the books. Yep. What they have done is they've passed a uh, ordinance or two ordinances that are set to go into effect in August where residents of San Jose who own a firearm will be required to maintain a homeowner's, renter's, or gun liability insurance policy that specifically covers losses or damages resulting from any negligent or accidental use of the firearm. Now, a couple people on the city council were like, well, where are people going to get these policies? Because right now you don't really have a structure in place. I don't know if there are insurance companies who are going to jump on that, with their roll that into their homeowner's policy or what. Um, but also, the thing that is obviously illegal is gun owners will have to pay an annual fee for each firearm that they no. own. <laughs> You're no. going to have to pay, and right now it's it's estimated to be between twenty five and thirty five bucks a year. Which, when you're talking about constitutional rights, I mean that's no different than a poll tax. Talking about that money, forget. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That that. No, cost you some double. Yeah, it could. If you have a good collection, it could cost you some money. So. Uh, yeah, gun owners, like I said, are going to have to pay an annual fee estimated be, to be between uh, 25 and 35 bucks. And what they're doing is they're creating a nonprofit that provides services to residents of the city that own or possess a firearm or to members of their household. According to the ordinance, such services are expected to include suicide prevention and violence reduction programs, mental health counseling, and firearm safety training. <laughs> so... Yeah, obviously this is going to be taken to court. And I personally think, I mean, in a normal world, the Justice Department would be all over this type of thing, taking them to court. But the Justice yes. Department is too busy cracking down on parents who make a ruckus and cause a scene at school board meetings. <laughs> okay, more on that a little bit later. Um you know, and you think about different states, okay, where is that never going to happen? Where will that not fly? And there's a few places that come to mind. Yeah. One for me is Michigan. Yeah, probably not going to fly in Michigan. No. Also, I think about how many liberals um, have bought guns over the last year, realizing that we can't count on the cops to protect us. We're going to have to take matters into our own hands, literally. Oh, yeah. That's something that's happened. I brought up Michigan because I saw something else about Michigan that reminded me of it. Um People in Michigan are the most sleep-deprived. Does that surprise you? A little bit, yeah. thought the same thing. You're like, is it something being north? Well, people in Minnesota sleep the best. Huh. It sounds like a Fauci study to me. <laughs> this is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends, yep. Making sense of it all. Oh, I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. All right. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. 
Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins is out today. He will be back tomorrow. Okay, a lot to get to here. First of all, this morning consult poll, certainly not good for Biden. I don't think there's a poll out there right now good for Biden. You're a lying dog-faced pony soldier. No, there, no. there really isn't uh, a good poll out there for him. Um, now, a poll that was published uh, today found that almost half of those surveyed said they would vote for a generic Republican candidate over President Biden if the election was held now. Uh, and a stupid son of a bitch. <laughs> the generic Republican candidate beat, so like no name, just Republican candidate, uh, beat Biden by almost 10 points. 10? This is the new Politico morning consult poll. Uh, 46 respondents said, or 46% of the respondents said they would vote for the Republican candidate in the 2024 presidential election, while 37% said they would vote for Biden. Uh, 16% had no opinion or didn't know. Now, there are the usual suspects in legacy media and liberals who are pointing out that in hypothetical matchups with specific individuals, Biden is slightly ahead in a lot of cases. So like Biden versus Trump, it's 45-44. Ted Cruz versus Biden, 45-39. Mike Pence, 44-42, which I'm actually kind of, Surprised that Mike Pence even is is within two percentage points of Joe Biden here. That surprises me too. Uh, Ron DeSantis, yeah. it's uh, forty four thirty nine in favor of Biden. But here's the problem: before you try to do a, a celebratory end zone dance or whatever, the problem that you face there is that none of those four men are actively running for president right now. They're not campaigning. Right. Uh, and a lot of people who would be responding to these types of polls may recognize the name, but they haven't been following their individual political careers all that closely. I don't know if it says in the poll, and I'm just asking this question. So because uh, you think about the American people, there are certainly a lot of people that just cannot stand Trump, right? Yeah. They're familiar with him, for sure. A lot of people are familiar with Ted Cruz. They don't like him. Right. Uh, especially people on the left that are familiar with Mike Pence, don't like him. I wonder what Ron DeSantis, as far as the polling goes, how many don't know who he is? I know that seems crazy, but think about the way people follow politics. Yeah. I'm not sure, and I'm pretty sure that if you just have been casually following the political landscape in this country, because it's not, a presidential election year that that's a lot of people in this country what are the headlines you've seen about ron DeSantis? it's all negative 60 minutes does you know this big hit piece about how uh he was trading political favors uh with publics to get the covid vaccine out there it was complete fake news but it, it was, was effective for trying that's to run true. this guy down on the national stage they're not watching his counterpoints right they're not nobody out there if you're not following it closely, or if you don't live in Florida, you're not actually knowing the good things that he's actually done. Like, he's not just a MAGA cosplayer, right? He's actually been governing in a way that a lot of people like. He did a lot of research when it came to COVID and tried to figure out what makes sense. Because it's not just case numbers and preventing people from getting COVID. It is also... Well, what about the schools? What about people's businesses? There's a lot more to this. That's what politicians are supposed to do, Yeah, is take all of the information, how it affects everybody, and then make difficult decisions. 
it's a lot easier to just to say, well, Fauci said this, so this is what we're going to do. And you're forgetting about how you've crushed kids mentally for years. That's what a leader is supposed to do. It seems to me that's what DeSantis did starting very, very early on. So, yeah, that's that's not good. I can't imagine Biden winning again. No, I, I, I cannot imagine that. No one not done that. The history books will note it. Uh, what? Sometimes those random clips not done that. Yeah, yeah, whatever. I can't imagine it. No, I don't you, think most people can. You you would have to have like Gary Johnson level incompetence to lose to that guy. Yes, or that the Mister What Is Aleppo? Of course, one of the all time classics. You know. The one thing he had going for him was he wanted to legalize weed uh, before even a lot of liberals did. Right. Outside of that, it was very difficult for him. And I like Gary Johnson. I wasn't meant as a slight against Gary Johnson. He was just terrible on the national stage. Oh, really, really bad. But you think, and you talked about this earlier, because the big news today is you got a Supreme Court justice saying, I'm going to retire. Yeah, Breyer's one, out. One of the liberals on the court, uh, Stephen Breyer, says that he is going to be retiring, evidently. And so now the question is, who does Biden nominate for this position? And, and I mean, the thing is, is that Democrats don't have to worry about Republicans because they can pass it. They can they can confirm with 51 votes, which they would have. But there is going to be a lot of Democrat infighting with this because you've already got people in the squad saying it, it has to be a black woman that you're putting on the Supreme Court. Ayanna Presley said that uh, today. <laughs> Which again? Why? Why? Right. <laughs> Why? It's like, That's racist. Why? Yeah, you're right. I, I'm not. I'm not opposed to a black woman. I mean, you want to nominate Winsome Sears? Sure. New lieutenant governor of Virginia. I mean, she's a little busy right now, but I bet if you called her up, yeah, she might be interested. No, I mean, why not the best person for the job? Right. I mean, haven't they learned the lesson with Kamala Harris? No. That'd be a woman of color. That that's who I, it th- that's my that's my wild card. I, I do think that it would make a lot of sense to put her on the Supreme Court if you are the Democratic Party, because you know she's never going to be president unless something happens to Joe Biden if he resigns or God forbid he passes away or gets too sick to to do the job even as poorly as he's doing it now. Um, but you still like her because she will take. The marching orders. She'll do what you want them to do. Or oh, she'll do absolutely. what you want her to do. Yeah. Her uh, staff will hate her, but, right. I mean, she'll do what she's told. You know, she she doesn't have to go out there and be in public. She just gets to sit on the court for as long as she wants. Yes. I mean. Dude, that, when we talked about this a month ago, and, I, and it was that crazy rumor, I'm like, you know, honestly, it makes sense because she's a problem. For the Democratic Party all the yeah. way around. They don't know what to do with her. And you got to find some way to sort of, quote, promote her. Or like, as you're kicking her out the door, to seem like it's some sort of promotion. That's one of the only things that makes sense. Yeah. And then, you know, who goes in there as vice president? I, I just love solving problems. Watch out for that. Yeah. Either but I mean, way, we I talked mean, about it earlier. Kamala Harris is not happy right now. No, no. She thought this was going to be a lot more glamorous, and she would be on, you know, the covers of magazines and be celebrated, and all of a sudden she's being asked tough questions, 
She gets out there in the public. It's a complete disaster. And it's been that way the entire time. The thing about this, man, and I know I've played this clip before. When we were talking about keeping kids out of school because of COVID, right? And, I mean, this is a serious issue for parents because they know what's at stake. They know what's been happening. And she's trying to answer this question, and she starts laughing. It was Affordable child care is a big deal. More parents are seeing the value of educators when they had to bring their kids (laughs) and say, we're not paying them nearly enough. Dude, that's what just, is that? That's uncomfortable. That that again. That that's a person who's in over her head. Yes, it really is. So yeah. All right. Put her on the Supreme Court. Whatever. More on that later. Uh, you brought up a story including Alex Berenson. Yeah. Used to be with the New York Times. Yeah, and he he's been sort of the COVID contrarian. Uh, yes. Throughout this entire thing, I read uh, a good part of his book. Very interesting. Yeah, so he's on Tucker Carlson last night talking about COVID and the vaccines that are on the market, and he thinks that now that it's clear that Omicron breaks through the vaccine, uh, the entire thing should be scrapped, is what he said. And this has gotten a lot of attention, obviously. I bet it has. The Israelis are predicting that they're going to have more serious cases than they ever had at the peak last year. Um, and the idea that we would solve this with another booster is is just off the charts insane. I have not said this to you before because I'm pretty careful and I'm pretty careful with the data. But these vaccines, these mRNA vaccines, the mRNA COVID vaccines need to be withdrawn from the market now. No one should get them. No one should get boosted. No one should get double boosted. Stop right there for a second. Yeah. I saw that. I'm like, OK, this is going to be making news. Mm-hmm. No doubt about it. What was your reaction when you heard him say that first? I heard it. I I think it's a little bit alarmist. Uh, mm-hmm. I I don't I don't know if the information that's available backs up pulling it off the market altogether. Mm-hmm. But you know, at the same time, I, I think he even brings it up. You know, if if the FDA is pulling the emergency use authorization for the uh, monoclonal antibody treatments or two of them at least uh, because they don't work against Omicron, and all you're left with is the risk of side effects. You could apply that same logic to the to the COVID vaccines. Yes, of course. They are a dangerous and ineffective product at this point against Omicron. The spike that they make your body make that you then produce antibodies to is not the Omicron spike. And earlier today, Tony Fauci said we're not going to give people monoclonal antibody products because the first generation products because they don't work against the Omicron spike. The same logic applies to these mRNA vaccines and giving people boosters, even if in the very short term it knocks down infection rates, there's a boomerang effect, and that's what they're seeing in all these countries. I've read about that. Mm -hmm. You're not quite sure, again, exactly what's accurate and what's not, but when you're looking at studies from other countries, and call me out on this if this is wrong, because I'm not looking to just spread some sort of theory that is kooky. But it's the thought of the more you get vaccinated for whatever variant, right, the more you get it, that in the end, you're going to make yourself more susceptible to getting other things. It's going to knock your own immune system down enough over time the more you get vaccinated. Hmm. Is that what you have heard and understood? Uh, I have not heard that. Okay. Then if that's fake news, please strike it from the record. But that's the way I understood it. And that's why I'm saying, I'm trying to be clear to say, I may have misunderstood that wrong. 
And it wasn't something where I left going, okay, I'm done. I'm out. It, it wasn't that reaction. It's like, okay. Because so much of this, we don't know. You yeah. don't know what the effects are when you're talking five years down the road. You just don't know. And again, when they all all say, and tell me if this is out of line, when they all say, well, it's been proven to be safe, these vaccines, then why is there a warning label? Well, there's a warning label on almost everything. For something specific, mm-hmm. like myocarditis in young men. Yeah. That doesn't give you pause if it's a 24-year-old friend of yours, like a little brother, something like that? Like, uh, I wonder. No, I mean, there... Because you've seen the stories? Yeah, there's a reason why, I mean, if they approve it for children under five, uh, I am going to wait with my kids because I know that they're not all that susceptible to the ill effects. They've had all their other vaccines. I don't have a problem with any of those. Right. But I am in that boat that I, you know, I got the vaccines for myself, but... With them, it's like, yeah, they're not at a high risk for COVID. And in the long run, it may be better if they get it and have the natural immunity with it. We don't know. There's so right. many unknowns know. that, know. you know, I, I'd be a little skittish right now. Well, and since Robbins isn't here, I can try to do my Robbins impersonation and say, but a vaccine actually keeps you from getting it. <laughs> right. It's really not a vaccine. I don't know how my Robbins is today. Might be a little, a little shaky. Jim Acosta back in the news, saying Virginia is a Soviet-style police state. (laughs) We'll get to that much more coming up right here. show jamie markley david van camp scott robbins out today back tomorrow okay if you were listening just a little bit ago we were talking about the vaccines and omicron and i mentioned something that i had read where if you keep getting vaccinated you could set yourself up open actually to get sick you have more of a chance of getting sick i couldn't remember where it was from Okay, I probably shouldn't have said anything, but I went out with it, and I just found where that was from. So I wanted to clear that up. And it was um, a Substack piece from Steve Kirsch, and it was done near the end of December and then updated January 7th. And it quotes the numbers in the Denmark study describing, and it was confirmed by government data from Germany, showing that vaccinated people are eight times more likely to develop Omicron than unvaccinated people. Okay, And that wasn't surprising. But if you're worried about Omicron, after 90 days, the vaccine that you got will make you more likely to get infected from Omicron, not less. That makes sense? And then the longer, so then if you go with another vaccine, you keep getting vaccinated, basically. Mm -hmm. Yeah, just booster after booster after booster. They call it the vaccine treadmill. And it's harder to get off in the future. And it the easier you'll make it for the virus. And it's a very long piece, dense, as you would say, Yeah, uh, David. But the main takeaway was you're going to set yourself up and you're never going to be able to get off of it Hmm. once you start down that road. Now, if you're already compromised in some sort of way with comorbidities, you don't have much of a choice there. Yeah. But, and again, man, I'm just a dude. 
that tries to read as much as possible and doesn't trust anybody. <laughs> Certainly not pharmaceutical companies um, from experience. So that I can clear up with where that piece came from that I had read before. And it's always interesting to see the studies that are done in the other countries. And it's something our legacy media doesn't report on enough, in my opinion. Because oh, no. the studies suck and they're terrible. And the people that understand how to look into these things are saying, here's the problem with this study. Yeah. They should do that. Yeah, because I had seen something about the uh, one of these pieces of research out of Denmark about the likelihood of, of you getting COVID afterward. Um, and one of the critiques of it was you, you, it's hard to take into account environmental factors, meaning your behaviors, right? Mm-hmm. And if you're in a place where uh, you really can't go out and do anything unless you have proof of vaccination, well, in that case you just by the very nature of being out and about in public, you are at a greater risk anyway of picking up this particular virus. So it is, I mean, it's an open question either way. I mean, that's why from the beginning, it's like, no, no vaccine mandate. That's ridiculous. Right. Because this, this hasn't been proven one way or the other in terms of effectiveness in the real world. So, you know, it's, it's something that you should, you know, you can promote, you can say, hey, go get it, especially if you are somebody who has comorbidities, you know, if you're elderly, if you're, you know, battling cancer, whatever it may be. But the idea of creating a two-tiered class system based on who's gotten this particular vaccine and who hasn't, uh, that's a problem because there are a lot of things we don't know. And anybody who comes out, there are a lot of times, for example, like Alex Berenson, who we just mm-hmm. talked about, um, a lot of times he'll say things and I read it and I'm like, OK, that, well, that's that's a little disingenuous or that's not that's not accurate. That's not true, whatever. But the worst thing in the world and the most frustrating thing to me is that instead of actually engaging and having a conversation, what happened was that guy got deplatformed. Yeah. From Twitter, from a lot of online spaces which is the last thing you should be doing because people just want to know what's the best thing for me and my family to go do. That's it. And more information is better than less. Agreed. Well said. I know we got to get to the Jim Acosta audio. Oh, yeah. This is about Virginia. (laughs) Yeah. Should I just play this? Yeah, just just play it because the new Republican governor, he's really mad. Because he's getting that state straight again, right? Right. Um, You know, I I seem to remember Glenn Youngkin campaigning in a fleece vest in Virginia. He was running as a different kind of Republican. I was told there was going to be a vest, uh, not a Soviet-style police state across the Potomac from Washington. Oh, my gosh. Because he wants to get critical race theory out of schools and no mandates? Right. That's Soviet-style? Yes, apparently. Okay. All right. Okay, new information on Fauci that you got to hear straight ahead. Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins out today. Planned, he's fine. He'll be back tomorrow. A lot to get to. Rumor Mill, David Van Camp, 
Because yeah. big news today is we got a Supreme Court justice retiring. Yeah, one of the liberals on the court, Stephen Breyer, is apparently going to be retiring. Uh, and that has already gotten the rumor mill swirling. It's like, well, will it be Michelle Obama or will it be uh, Kamala Harris? That's my personal favorite one, uh, favorite theory out there. I don't think it's probably not going to happen, but it'd be kind of funny if it did because, I mean, it would make sense for the Democratic Party to do that because she's a liability, but she's also a good foot soldier for them. They don't want her to be president because, I mean, look, Joe Biden's been a disaster as president. This would set that part. If Kamala becomes president, Democratic Party would get set back a generation. Okay, that that would be oh, done for a while. They'd have to do some major rebuilding there. Uh, but, you know, you put her on the court, she'll do what she's told. Uh, then you bring in, I don't know, Hillary Clinton. And then mm-hmm. Joe Biden resigns for <clears throat> sudden diagnosis of Alzheimer's or something. I don't know. No one All saw this. All of a sudden gone. Yeah. Um, and then Hillary Clinton becomes president. That's my favorite conspiracy theory, although I am hearing now that uh, Kamala is not in the mix at all. Okay. Uh, when it comes to who is going to be nominated by Joe Biden. Bill Crystal, though, he's one of those bitter never-Trumpers. He's still around, huh? Yeah, he's still around. He's still writing. Okay. Uh, I, I, I'm hoping that this is a joke. But he writes, straightforward from here, June 30th, court overturns Roe v. Wade. July 1st, Breyer resigned, says court needs aggressive, progressive justices. July 4th, Biden picks Harris for the court. Harris resigns as VP. July 5th, Biden picks Romney as VP. Mitt Romney (laughs) says national unity needed for the world crisis. The unity meaning... People on the left can't stand Romney. Yeah. And people on the right can't stand Romney. Everyone's yeah. united in a terrible pick for VP. Yes. Okay. That, I mean, I, I don't think that's the way Crystal means it. No, it's not. But I, I mean, who, 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 who would that be uniting other than, well, bitter out of gas has beens like Bill Crystal? I'm guessing he's thinking, well, just moderates. You know, everybody needs to come to the center. Yeah, but moderates didn't go for Romney in 2012. Why would they nope. suddenly love him now? Because Bill Crystal, that's his utopia. Right. Which is probably why his voice doesn't mean a whole lot anymore. To hardly anybody. Oh, gosh. All right, let's get on to the uh, the Fauci story. Yeah. Well, uh, pressure's on, man. Yeah, I saw this uh, special report with uh, Brett Baer on Fox News had this, and it's a few more details about something that we've talked about a lot, and it's the early days of the coronavirus pandemic and what experts were saying about their suspicions of the origin of the coronavirus, right? And and there were a lot of experts who thought, oh, geez, this does not look like something that evolved in nature. This looks like something that could have come out of that lab in Wuhan. Hmm, weird, huh? Uh, so on last night's episode of Special Report, Fox News dove into the early days of the coronavirus pandemic and explored documents that show Dr. Anthony Fauci uh, was warned early on that the virus may have originated in that lab in Wuhan. Now, the timeline of events that were laid out, Fauci was told January 27th, 2020, that his department 
had been indirectly funding the Wuhan lab through EcoHealth. That's the U.S.-based nonprofit that had been working with coronaviruses. This is what, uh, uh, what's his name, Peter Daszak yes. was running. Where he actually before, yes. He actually wanted a grant to infect bats with a new virus and let them out into the wild. Crazy. He submitted that proposal to DARPA, and DARPA was like, uh, no, we're not, we're not going to fund this. Are you insane? Right. <laughs> you want to create a new virus and then just unleash it into the wild to see what happens? Mm-hmm. That's, that's the beginning of every horror movie, okay? <laughs> no. Now, now then, on January 31st, Dr. Christian Anderson, he's a virologist at the uh, Scripps Lab, uh, privately told Dr. Fauci that, uh, yeah, this looks engineered. The genome, quote, is inconsistent with expectation from evolutionary theory. Yeah, hey, we got to look at this. Then Fauci says, okay, we're all we're going to have an all-hands-on-deck meeting with the top minds in this field, and we're going to work things out. We're going to get to the bottom of this. And the result of that, as we know, was them kind of saying, yeah, you know, if we point the finger at China, that could really damage international relations, and it could really hamper our scientific efforts there as well. Yeah, more of the... Scientific efforts. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, this would be damaging to science. Also, uh, there was a consensus reached around that time that it should not be mentioned in any papers that it could have come from that lab because all it will do would uh all it would do is fuel conspiracies. Yeah, I read that. Yeah. And so Rand Paul knows all of this. Yeah. The last time they had that dust up, when he was hammering him with the questions and talking about, so you had experts from Stanford and Harvard, I forget the other. Like, they're they're these outlier experts. Right. Okay? Like, they're on the fringe. And then they're discredited. And that's what he was getting at. So for, you know, I heard different people saying, I don't even know what Rand Paul was talking about. These different people It was hard to follow. Mm -hmm. And so if you would have read this paper like ahead of time, you knew exactly what Rand Paul was getting at at the time and how Fauci was trying to skirt the whole thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? I want to hear part of that again. If you got the time, we got a minute. Okay. I want to hear this again. Senator, we are here at a committee to look at, a, a virus now that has killed almost 900,000 people. See, that's people. the first deflection. And the purpose of the committee... And which, by the way, we don't know that. We don't know how many people died of COVID or just had COVID when they died. It drives you bananas every time they say that because we really don't know. ...was to try and get things out, how we can help to get the American public. And you keep coming back to personal attacks on me that have absolutely no relevance to reality. Do you think anybody has had more influence let, over let our response finish. to this than you have? Do you Madam think it's a great Chair, success? I... Do you think it's a great success what's happened but so far? Do you think you, lockdowns are good for our kids? Do you think we slowed down the death rate? More people have died now under President Biden than did under President Trump. You are the one responsible. You are the architect. You are the lead architect for the response from the right. government. And now 800,000 people have died. Right. So you think it's a uh, winning success what you've advocated for government? Um, Senator, first of all, <clears throat> okay. See, that was one part of the questioning, right? Mm-hmm. And then there was the other part where Fauci went into, "You're trying to get my family killed. You're trying to get me killed." Right. It was like all this deflection, but he he would kept saying these falsehoods, but he wouldn't address what Rand Paul was saying. Well, it it, it makes a difference. 
Because as some of you may know, just about three or four weeks ago, on December 21st, a person was arrested. And he goes through that whole thing. But he never talked about those letters and how he and Collins together tried to cover it up. Yeah. I, wh- what I think Rand Paul should do, and I think he's been great on this front. I really do. He's got to get a little better at synthesizing all the points together in a, in a much more digestible way before you answer the question. You say, hey, look, we have emails that show that you were actively trying to knock down this lab leak idea. Uh, mm-hmm. Why did you do that? Right. Pointed <laughs> questions. Well, I don't know if yeah. you heard the story. Um, I saw this at Daily Wire. Um, he does want answers. He submitted 11 yes or no questions to Fauci. Now, is, he go- is Fauci going to answer him? Probably not. No. Um, but he said, I, the American people deserve to know. And these questions, I'm demanding a yes or no. Um, and, you know, I think I have an example here or two of a couple of the questions. Um, what was it? You knew early on um, about uh, the gain-of-function research. You don't call it gain-of-function, but d- were we supplying money to these people? Right. And it's very pointed. And if he just was honest and answered the questions, Fauci, it would lead the trail. But I don't accept, uh, expect that's going to happen. Okay. Other things going on out there. Oh, the Baseball Hall of Fame. That's getting some talk, more than uh, usual. And I think it's because you have this group of players that are not going to get in now. Yeah. Including Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens, who it's always been stated, if they never would have roided, which, what, both of them started in the late 90s? Mm-hmm. They would have been Hall of Famers anyway. Yeah. Right? David Ortiz, the Red Sox, Big Poppy, mm-hmm. he's in. Now, he was on the names, or he was on that list of 100 names of people that failed the test in 2003. Yeah. Uh, he was careless at the time. Uh, sure, it was something that everybody was taking, but it was legal. <laughs> okay? Right. And uh, listen, I don't care. Does it, Do I think that Poppy deserves to be in the Hall of Fame? Sure. Yes. But that whole thing with Clemens Bonds, it's like the writers decide, okay, we'll decide who took too many roids and who is acceptable. You know what I mean? Right. Because if you're Clemens, I can't believe it, because I really don't like Roger Clemens, and I really don't like Barry Bonds. But I think they were great players. And when they were winning and competing, you think the guys that they were competing against were not also roided up? Isn't it commonly known that that you go back to that era and the thought was at least 70% were taking some sort of performance-enhancing drugs? Right, but they weren't the stars. They didn't get hauled in front of Congress. You know, They were the people that just sort of flew under the radar. After all, you can't besmirch the entire league, right? you got to have somebody be the fall guy. Right. And since Poppy is pretty Mm well-loved, certainly more than those other guys and Sosa, that he gets in. Did we ever you know, figure out why he got shot? Uh, there was a lot of different stories around that. But as far as my memory and the takeaway, mm-hmm. it wasn't a definitive thing. Okay. There were It was a lot of rumors, as I remember. Right. He was, something, like, hitting on was, a gang leader's wife or something like that. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, some of those guys, man, you mess with them, they don't care if you're poppy or not. No. Uh-uh. That was one of the craziest videos, though, man. He's at a crowded restaurant. Someone someone yes. walks up to him and just shoots him a couple times. That was crazy. 
I'm sure that's going to come back out too. People are already asking about the the 2003 thing mm. with the test. And dude, see if you've heard this one before. Okay, well, 2003, no one knew what anyone tested positive mm-hmm. for. It, whatever, and then they revamped the testing in 2004. I and I never failed a test. So there you go. <laughs> you ever heard that one before? Never failed a test. Right there, you go. Okay, Lance Armstrong. Whatever you say, man. Technically true. Okay. I don't know. Okay. How about the vax mandate? You know, truckers, a lot of truckers against that. GoFundMe is withholding their funds. Get to that much more coming up. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. He'll be back tomorrow. He's out today. He's fine. Okay. Make sure to get vaccinated uh, against the virus. Well, the vaccine doesn't protect you from getting it or spreading it, but still get it. Okay. We're all trying to make sense of that, I guess. Um, Daily Wire had reported this. A lot of Canadian truck drivers were participating um, due to the January 15th deadline that forces unvaccinated drivers to observe a two-week quarantine and COVID-19 test before crossing into Canada from the United States. And the United States also implemented new restrictions starting the 22nd that required non-U.S. individuals entering the nation at the Canadian border to show proof of vaccination. Yeah. Supply chain issues, you say? Yeah, that they're they're doing this on purpose, I'm convinced. Has to be. Well, so a Canadian trucker freedom convoy that's been protesting this, raising money on GoFundMe. Oh, yeah. I saw some video of this. Four and a half million dollars. Wow. Yeah. GoFundMe has blocked access to it. Oh, of course they have. This is so infuriating. There's been 60,000 donors as of yesterday. Okay. Now, the GoFundMe spokeswoman, Rachel Hollis said, we require that fundraisers be transparent about the flow of funds and have a clear plan for how those funds will be spent. In this case, we are in touch with the organizer to verify that information. Funds will be safely held until the organizer is able to provide the documentation to our team about how funds will be properly distributed. Uh Uh, The fundraiser clearly outlined its purpose in the description of the GoFundMe page. It's right there. I can read through it. it. It Tells exactly what it's for. It's time for an alternative to GoFundMe. Yeah. Maybe there already is one. Yeah, there are there are a few other platforms that you can go to, but I mean to me it it winds up being six of one, half dozen of another. I mean it, it everywhere you turn. You know, I everywhere you turn you're going to face headwinds when it comes to freedom of thought expression, and in this case, finances. Yeah. I mean, where are you supposed to go? I mean, even <laughs> even Trump's new uh, social media platform is going to be censoring things. Yeah. 
What was the story on that? It was. I know they're going to try to take all the sex stuff out of it. Yeah, they're so. Yeah, they want it's it called to be, truth, right? Yeah, they they want it to be family friendly and whatnot, but they are also going to have guidelines about what they deem to be offensive speech. So it's like, here we go. Meet the new boss, same as the old boss. Yeah, exactly. What does that mean? Right. You're not quite sure. You know. What do you take it as? That it would be like something that Trump didn't like? Yeah, I well, I I don't know if he's going to be sitting there all day every day staring so. at it, but you know, I what what I think this probably is more than anything for as far as the social media stuff is is just about the 2024 campaign if he decides to run to be able to have a platform again. Because if he runs again, I, I it's not a given that he'll be given access to Facebook and Twitter again. Right. Yes, we'll need that. You, did you hear who's running it for Trump? It's uh, Nunez. Yeah, yeah, Devin Nunez. Yeah, pretty interesting. Okay. <laughs> no, I don't think he's. I don't think Davis said anything bad. See, he's, he's already tapped into the show. He's kind of have, you know, free range to say whatever he thinks at, at any time. So yeah, I, you didn't say anything bad there, did you? Did you think, David? I don't I mean, well, I, I don't know. Would I be censored on Trump's social media platform for saying it? I don't think so. Okay. No, I don't think so. I don't know, man. I think we're all right. I think we're in good standing. Okay. Where's David? Is he around? Well, maybe I'll talk to you later. I don't know, man. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Talk to me during the break. Give me a phone call. You got Did my you number, this, Donald. The story about the restaurant that threatened to fire employees if they didn't bring in five-star reviews. <laughs> This is it in New, in New Jersey, two chain restaurants? Posted online that said workers would be required to deliver five five-star reviews every month to keep their jobs. Had to be posted on Google and had to mention the employee's name to count toward their total. Five perfect reviews with your name. That's kind of a big challenge. But if a worker got 15 or more in a month, they could win prizes like two free meals or a piece of restaurant merchandise or a $25 Visa gift card. Okay. <laughs> Better get it in there. Okay. Oh, my goodness. All right. This is the Martha Van Camp and Robin Show. David, thank you. <laughs> Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Oh, I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. All right. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. I'm Jamie Markley. That's David Van Camp. Scott Robbins out today. He will be back tomorrow. Well, I have a piece of audio to play for you, David, and it's about vaccine insanity, COVID oh. insanity. Okay, cool. Um, I, I can't wait for your reaction because it's someone that you used to at least hold in some sort of regard. I'll just leave it at that. Mm -hmm. First, you're saying the White House is struggling to say what the president does all day? Yeah, I thought this was funny. The White House press secretary, Jen Psaki, was asked about Biden's schedule because a lot of times it's uh, fairly empty as far as what they put out. Like, here's what Joe Biden's doing today. It's like yesterday he was done at about 3, which is a nice work day if you can get it. I mean, geez, I'm, I'm just I'm kind of jealous of the president's workload right now. 
Never thought I'd be able to say that. Most working Americans, I say, would probably agree with you. Right. So here's Pisaki. Okay. Yeah. So the president has nothing on his schedule today aside from the PDB. Can you shed any light on, on how he's spending his day? Uh, well, let's see. Um, this morning, I think he had some policy meetings, uh, also a PDB meeting. Um, he, um, well, later this afternoon, uh, I think is doing some remarks review. Uh, there are some days that we spend some time uh, doing internal meetings and discussions uh, with policy experts, with policy leaders, um, and that's, that's what's happening today. <laughs> so those things just get, what, not put on the schedule? <laughs> it's... <laughs> It's President George Costanza, isn't it? <laughs> if someone comes in, look busy. Yes, exactly. Yeah, that's pretty funny. <laughs> Little things like that. Yeah. Well, they're probably meeting right now. All right, what are we going to do about the uh, Supreme Court? Yeah. With Breyer retiring. By the way, Harris Faulkner on Fox said the same thing that you had said earlier, and we talked about the chance of, well, Kamala Harris going to the Supreme Court because what else is she going to do? Right. She's not ever going to be president. Yeah, so th- th- that was the big announcement today that Stephen Breyer is going to be stepping down. He's going to be retiring, which is a sure sign that Democrats are like, okay, we got to get while the getting's good because we are hosed in the midterms. Mm-hmm. So let's go ahead and get this Supreme Court justice confirmed, and then at least we can say we got this win. Harris Faulkner on Fox also said, uh, White House doesn't know what to do with Kamala Harris. No. This probably makes sense. It, 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 I'm paraphrasing. That probably is the best gamesmanship. If you're if you're thinking, if you're trying to put yourself in the shoes of not only the White House but the Democratic establishment, that is the best place for her to be because you know, if she runs for president, she's going to lose. It's going to be embarrassing. If Joe Biden were to resign for health reasons or or one reason or another, oh and she became president, that'd be worse than Joe Biden. We've all seen the polling, right? We all remember, yes, we well, those of us who who followed it day to day, the Democratic Party primary, uh, I mean, everybody knew that once she got that national spotlight, her it was over for her. You know, even Democrats didn't want to vote for her. So no. th- that's like a generational sinking ship if she becomes the president of the United States for the Democrats. But she's a good soldier for them, so why not put her on the Supreme Court? She's there for life or as long as she wants to be. Uh, and then you don't have to worry about her as a liability in the White House, and you can just install somebody. It does seem to make sense in that way. But you say she's not even on the list right now. That That's the word from people who, you know, have the sources within the White House. Oh, okay. All right. Well, I want to play this piece of audio, um, and it's about COVID the vaccines, Uh, people having sort of the same reaction, at least over the last few weeks. You've seen this more with independents, um, moderate-leaning Democrats, say, listen, this is crazy now. This vaccine doesn't protect you from getting Omicron or spreading it. What are we doing? People need to get back to their lives. Okay? Your girl, Brianna Keeler. Uh-huh. Well, not your current girl from a long yeah. time ago. It, it was it was a passing thing between her and I. Okay. She was talking about this this morning. Okay. And, and I just happened to see it, so I wanted to play it for you, get your reaction. And again, I want to go over how this makes any sort of sense at all. Go ahead. 
Yes, we are tired of the pandemic with all of the divisiveness over COVID. That may be the one sentiment that people can actually agree on. But one commentator spurred a controversy by characterizing that fatigue like this. Okay, and she's going to play Barry Weiss, who used to be with the New York Times, independent writer now. She was on with Bill Maher last Friday. Mm -hmm. One of the people that said, we're over this, right? We were told, you get the vaccine. You get the vaccine and you get back to normal. And... We haven't gotten back to normal. This is going to be remembered by the younger generation as a catastrophic moral crime. It's a pandemic of bureaucracy. It's not yeah, well, It's not real anymore. I'm done with COVID. Oh, I'm done. Okay. And Brianna Keeler picks it up from there. Sure would be nice if COVID were done with us too. Done with hospitals, done with the doctors and the nurses who are stretched to their breaking points in many cases. We are not, though, done. We're not back to normal. And that is because so many people are still actively choosing not to be vaccinated. So I get her (laughs) outrage. I'm not sure I get the direction of it. When clowns like this are given platforms to sell their disinformation to millions. And then she goes into a bit about Alex Berenson. Yeah. Who had the book Pandemia, who was on Tucker's show last night. But, I mean, people who have been vaccinated and boosted are getting COVID now. So that that's the entire point. That's I. That's I, why I, I couldn't believe she said it. I mean, They're that, still saying that. That is, that is just completely missing the entire premise of the argument. And then you have the gall to get up there on your platform and say, uh, oh, all these people being so divisive. No, they're, the reason there are people more and more saying I'm just kind of over it is because they've done the vaccine thing after doing the mask thing, yes. after keeping the kids out of school, after all these businesses were shut down. And we we everybody played ball with it, or a lot of people played ball sure with did. it, yep. being told, here's the light at the end of the tunnel. Well, that light was a mirage. And that's why people are saying, okay, you know, if I've gotten the vaccine, I'm probably not going to be hospitalized for it, probably not going to die from it. So I'm going to go back to living my life. That's the entire point. Yes. All right. Enough of that. Let's move on. Oh, my gosh. We have domestic terrorists that are targeting the power grid. Oh, yeah. That. that what? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so the Department of Homeland Security sent out an intelligence bulletin to uh, power providers and law enforcement saying, hey, we think that domestic violent extremists are plotting to somehow take down the electric grid. Now, this is a bulletin that type of thing that they send out periodically when they hear a heightened threat or whatever. The Daily Beast found out about it and they made it seem like, OK, here's this imminent threat. Oh, my gosh, all these MAGA bros are going to start blowing up power centers and whatnot. Um Now, DHS wasn't all that specific about what the threat was or how they came to know this or how they came to suspect that this was happening or going to happen. But they they generally will send out occasionally bulletins saying, hey, be on the lookout for this kind of thing or that kind of thing, uh, which is prudent. Right. Uh, But of course, now the media is off and running, talking about how it's a bunch of Trump supporters who are going to do this. Okay, then this is uh, Frank Figliuzzi. He's he's on NBC and MSNBC a lot. He's a former high-ranking FBI official, uh, saying that yes, it, it's it all ha- it all has to do with January sixth. Oh, the big lie, the deception and disinformation that they've been suckered into uh, accepting. 
The problem is, because we live in our own echo chambers, because they are so hard to break through into and, and expose to sunshine and truth and oh show God. them the court results, you know, the, the fact that there's no systemic fraud, there's been no fraud found, certainly not of any kind that would overturn an election. They can't get through them. They believe what they believe fervently to the point of religious fervor. And that... Okay, there's a difference. It is... We already know this. I don't even know why I'm pointing it out. Yeah. I don't think anyone can say there weren't irregularities in the last election. You know why? There's irregularities with every election. Yeah. Some were heightened because of the pandemic. People don't want that to happen again. Okay. That's not to say, you know, that would excuse, you know, if there were a real insurrection. That wasn't an insurrection. Just stop with it. It was Chewbacca guy and some other people taking selfies. Yeah, there was a handful of nuts, and they got arrested. That's it. You're trying to make it seem like there were thousands of people trying to take over the Capitol. So tiresome. Coupled with the demonization of everyone else who doesn't see it like them, (laughs) results in what I'm now calling a semi-permanent violent insurgency inside the United States. So when, when groups and organizations start talking about targeting our our power grid, our energy infrastructure, we've had to worry about that, as you say, from international terrorists and hackers. Now we've got to worry about the guy down okay. the block, the militia group up in the hills, many, many people, and it's becoming legitimized when we're even here talking, Nicole, about people running for office and being believed as credible candidates. Okay. Yeah. Again, these are guys who are so deep into their own talking points. I mean, a guy on MSNBC talking about demonizing others who disagree, who talks about people being stuck in echo chambers. That's almost almost, uh, too ironic for me to process. And tell me this. Because anytime there's been plans to do something nefarious within the country, mm-hmm. you know, uh, terrorists planning some sort of attack, and then we find out the details, right? Yeah. And here was the plan, here's what they were going to do, and here's what was targeted, and here are the people who were arrested. You're telling me this is a major thing right now, but you got no receipts. And the one receipt you have comes from Michigan, and the plot to kidnap and kill the governor right yeah which was set up by who again david i can't Uh, remember the fbi oh that's right yeah yeah but this is the big worry right now Mm -hmm. obviously and we're we're supposed to believe you after the last five years give me a freaking break apparently so all right oh you also had a clip of brian stelter oh yeah how lucky are we today Well, liberal media figures, you know, who wet their pants every time Donald Trump sent a mean tweet are having a hard time with the fact that Joe Biden called uh, Fox News' Peter Ducey a stupid SOB. Most people I talked to thought it was funny. The only thing they took issue with is the way it would have been treated if Trump had said it. Right. Yeah, I don't know anybody who's actually offended, any, any conservative who's actually offended that Joe Biden said it. If anything, a lot of people I've heard from find it endearing like okay there's a that's a real guy moment okay i have heard that because i don't know if it was endearing what i heard but at least the dude has a pulse (laughs) right okay yeah uh so cnn's brian stelter has been working overtime to clean this up for joe here's the latest attempt and i I just think this is funny 
Okay. Biden was out of line, just like Trump was out of line when he called Chuck Todd an SOB and when, when Trump oh, wait, was saying crass the crude things about other individuals. Hold on. Uh, yeah. Fact check here if we're doing facts first, CNN. He did yeah. not call him an SOB. He called him a sleepy eyed SOB. Okay? Yes. Yes, I, yes. There's something to that, but more in a second. <laughs> but then the difference, of course, is the backdrop, the context. You know, uh, why is Peter Ducey handling this with such class and, and, and basically blowing it off? Because the backdrop is so different than it was during the Trump years when you had a president trying to destroy the American media, trying to undermine the American media, uh, using crude and pr- crass and profane language, uh, and also doing it in a kind of, in an indecent way <laughs> that was suffused throughout his presidency. So certainly the president speak out against that. Now we see with Biden is something different, right? He has a little bit of a mischievous smile on his face when he's talking, to, uh, responding oh, to Ducey. I personally believe it wasn't a hot mic. I think he knew what he was doing. He knew he was on. Uh, and then he had the, the manners to call later and, and try to uh, try to, uh, to mend fences. But it is still interesting to unreal. get inside the mind of the president. Okay. I, I know we don't have time. Uh, reaction to that is so full of crap. We can get to that in a few. Sleepy eyes, Chuck Todd. He's a sleeping son of a bitch. Yeah, sleeping I'll tell you. son. Of sleeping. Yes. Right. yes. We're about accuracy here, okay? Right. Thank you. It's number one. Um, and the Today Show, what liars they are. Example. Next. Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp. Scott Robbins out today. He'll be back tomorrow. Okay, David, you just had that piece of audio from Brian Stelter of CNN. Yes. Um, talking about you have to understand the, the context of Joe Biden calling Peter Ducey a stupid son of a beep. Right? Right. And uh, part of that. What was the nonsense he said? Yeah. Uh, using crude and pr- crass and profane language uh, and also doing it in a kind of in an indecent way that was suffused throughout his presidency. OK. When Trump had the line on Chuck Todd, he was doing it in front of a crowd, which he knew exactly how the people would react. Oh, yeah. OK. This was just like what a stupid blah, 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 blah. And I don't even care. I don't, I'm not really that bothered by it. It's like, I don't know if he did it on purpose. Who cares? Yeah. No, I'm not bothered by it at all. I think it was funny. People on the left, oh, people are outraged. Right. No, they're not. Not that I know of. What does tick me off, though, is how legacy media will take a story. All right. And sometimes, just by sleight of hand, they'll get their message across, mm. but not let it stick to them. Yeah. And this was an example of that I saw today on the Today Show. And it was the whole story about Neil Young and Joe Rogan and Spotify. Oh, gosh. Because Neil Young, and we talked about this yesterday, I said, it's either him or me. Yeah. I want my music gone. He's spreading disinformation all over his podcast on Spotify, right? Mm-hmm. So the Today Show tackles that. This morning. This morning, Spotify's most popular podcaster, Joe Rogan, famously known for questioning vaccine safety, may have caused. Okay. 
What was meant by that? My parents were vaccinated. I just said, I don't think that if you're a young, healthy person that you need it. How is that? No. Questioning vaccine safety. And and that's that's not what Joe Rogan is famous for, by the way. It's not. Okay. Anyway, we don't have time for their whole two and a half minute report. Just a few highlights of the nonsense they do. The Harvest Moon singer reportedly putting forth an ultimatum. They can have Rogan or Young, not both. Right, which is hilarious in and of itself Mm -hmm. when you're Neil Young. Anyway. A recent episode also featured a virologist who said Americans have been hypnotized into getting vaccinated. The context of that, and that was Dr. Malone. Yeah. Okay. That basically talked about how this current vaccine doesn't protect from Omicron. But people that have been following this so much, it's almost like they're hypnotized, that they're just going to do whatever Fauci says. But if they just take it like that, oh, see that he's putting on these total kooks. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So I kept thinking, are they going to talk horse dewormer on this? I wonder if they're going to go down that road. I really wonder. Those statements reaching. Okay. So this is where it goes. We are not, again, asking. Oh, yeah. Got to set this up. This is a person they put on that's saying we don't want him taken totally off the platform. We just want people warned about disinformation. Give me a break. To make sure that consumers of that information are properly warned. <laughs> Even the 54-year-old's own battle with COVID stirring up controversy. Turns out I got COVID. So we immediately threw the kitchen sink at him. Revealing he took ivermectin, which the FDA has approved to treat parasitic worms in humans, but not COVID-19. Okay, so how do they get horse dewormer in there? How about this relevant voice? <laughs> that decision blasted by radio host Howard Stern. I heard Joe Rogan was saying, he's like, a horse, horse dewormer. Yeah. And a doctor gave it to me. Well, a doctor would also give you a vaccine. So why, 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 why take horse dewormer? Really? The out-of-gas poodle? You're going to go to him? That lost relevancy, I don't know how long ago, that's right. become a scared housewife at home, can't yeah. leave the house? Oh, well, this is what Howard Stern says. Who cares? hosts a range of medical experts on his podcast and assures he's not anti-vax, sharing he nearly got vaccinated. Still, he has appeared to discourage young people from getting the jab. That's the, that's the way you weasel out of it, right? Appeared. Unbelievable. It's just lie. All right. News update and a special trifecta next. Markley Van Camp Robbins show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. He's out today, back tomorrow. Now, for a second, we're going to have a special edition of the Trifecta with Robbins. That'll have to wait until tomorrow. You have something special for us, David. I'm I'm nervous about it, to be honest. Yeah. What is it? Well, as we're learning more and more and more about not only the coronavirus as it exists in our society and as it uh, affects everybody with the vaccine, without the vaccine, with treatment options out there. Uh, But we're also learning more about Dr. Fauci uh, and what he was on board with funding, what he has not wanted to talk about, 
in terms of what most of us would or have come to know as gain-of-function research, whether or not he had a hand in the creation of the virus that we've been dealing with for the last two years. Yes. Not saying he's sitting there, you know, in Wuhan, China, going, okay, now if we mix these bad viruses up, I'll be able to get on CNN every night. Let's do it. Not saying that, but, I mean, he has been really, really flighty when it comes to uh, being asked about his role in dangerous research that was going on there in Wuhan, China. Yes, like he's trying to cover his butt. That's what it appears. Yeah, now Tom Elliott with uh, Grabian Media, he does a lot of compilations. He does a lot of supercuts of of uh, different media members, what Democrats may have said, what, what Republicans may have said. He just he has fun with this kind of stuff to highlight the hypocrisy. I like him because I do the same thing. Mm-hmm. This one. Very good at it. This one he did extremely well. I've edited it down a little bit because it's two minutes long. But it's members of the media and how they have talked to Dr. Anthony Fauci. And I swear, it sounds like a church service when you put it all together. You mean like Fauci's the God? Yes. Wow. Okay. Uh, All right. So uh, it starts off a little mild, but it picks up steam towards the end, if you want to hear this. The single most respected voice in the pandemic. The man who's become known as America's doctor. American hero. We appreciate your service to this country. We appreciate your service. Thank you for your service. Thank you for your service. We are so grateful to you, Dr. Fauci. Thank you so much for everything you do. Thank you very much uh, for everything that you do. Thanks so much for the work that you do. Thank you very much for the reassurance and, as always, for all of your public service. Thank you, Dr. Fauci. I know why you're doing this today, (laughs) and it makes sense, Mm -hmm. as I'm suffering right now. Because it would not be healthy for Robbins for you to play this while he's here. No. With his issues with heart attacks in the past, this would send him over the edge, I'm afraid. This is unreal. And I understand that early on, but you're starting to get into like a few months in. Oh, yeah. Okay, keep going. Get your rest, because we need you. Oh, (laughs) We need people to continue to have faith in science. So thank you for your time, sir. <laughs> he's not science. He, he's not. I know he thinks he is. He's not. <laughs> Our Fauci, who art the science, hallowed be thy name. <laughs> it is, people do follow him. <laughs> like he is a religious figure. Point oh, yeah. the way. Oh, yeah. It's always an honor to have time with you. It's always an honor. Good enough mm-hmm. for you, sir. It's good enough for me and my family. So thank you, Dr. Fauci. <laughs> oh my gosh. Do you want me do you want me to let you just keep rolling with this? Or yeah. I, I can tell you different things that come into my mind. Oh yeah, go for it. Just a stream of okay. One thing I didn't realize until this was like months ago now. That well, I've been told he was like a hero within the LGBTQ community because of his work with AIDS, right? Mm. No. But that's absolutely not true. Yeah, it, it depends on who you talk to, but there are some AIDS activists from who were, you know, around in the 80s and 90s who do not think highly of Dr. Fauci at all. And why is that? Part of it was because he was he would stand in the way of possible treatments. If it wasn't yes. if it wasn't his idea, yes. then it wasn't valid. Correct. He had a God complex. Correct. So a lot of people that were either in the community or friends with people in the community still can't stand Fauci because they think 
that if he would have let certain people take medicines that were readily available, but he stopped it, that they would still be alive. Yeah. You hear that about that very rarely. And I have no idea why that's been suppressed so much. Well, I know why. Well, you know why. Yeah. Of course I know why. <laughs> Sometimes you go down this road, you answer your own questions. All right, roll on All with right. some more of the madness. Just got a couple more. Dr. Here. Fauci, okay. thank you uh, for keeping it straight. You make us smarter and safer and better every day. Thank you so much, Dr. Fauci. Dear goodness, man. That, that's a sickness, man. They put so much faith into this one guy. And again, I you know, I asked the question... In terms of the coronavirus itself and actually mitigating the spread and actually protecting people, mm-hmm. what is it, aside from cable news hits, that Dr. Fauci has actually done? I would like to add on it, and I'm not just trying to take pot shots here. I'm sure behind the scenes he's been doing something, uh, you know, organizing research or something like that. But as just a normal everyday citizen, I honestly want to know from media members and some people in in elected office, name his top five accomplishments with the coronavirus. I mean, I think that is a great question to ask people. Can you name his top five? Can you name top two? Of the one, of all the important work he's done, what has he done with this pandemic that's been a good thing? I mean, I mean that sincerely. One thing. There's got to be something, man, seriously. I'm putting myself on the spot. Because he lied about the mask from the get-go. He tried to cover it up, that it was from the Wuhan lab. He knew better. Um, he He tried to play nice with Trump for the good of the country for a while. Yeah. Even though he really couldn't stand him. I, I mean, I'm trying to think of something. No, I mean, when when they say thank you for your service and thank you, thank you, thank you, I mean, the guy was basically a spokesperson, and then you talk to other people or you hear from other people who were associated with the initial effort under the Trump administration, and some of them are really frustrated by him kind of taking control and not listening to outside perspectives, not considering right. things that he didn't come up with or he didn't already agree with. Yeah. I mean, I don't know, man. I'm going to get to a story in a second that's almost pro-vaccine. Okay, before I get there, with all those clips, it reminded me of another one. Remember Nicole Wallace actually just called herself a groupie? Oh, yeah. Didn't she actually say groupie? I'm oh, a Fauci yeah. groupie. Yes. I'm a thrice-vaccinated mask adherent. I buy KN95 masks, buy the you know, caseload. They're in every pocket. I wear them everywhere except when I sit down. And... I am certain that this is not a variant I can outrun. Oh, you know what just hit me then? What? Then you need to not be a a Fauci groupie anymore because you're following his advice and you still don't feel safe. That means that Fauci has failed you personally. You would think that. Yes. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. But there's probably uh, some sort of Job figure in the Bible of Fauci. Uh, that maybe Nicole's just being tested right now. Right, there you go. Fauci has allowed Satan to test Nicole Wallace. Right, there you go. Gosh, it's absolute freaking madness. The story that I saw, and this was from Daily Wire, and take this for what it's worth, according to Oregon Health and Science University experts, okay, 
uh, a person who has been vaccinated twice against COVID and then gets the virus develops what they call a super immunity to it with the antibodies produced being 10 times more powerful than antibodies from people who had not contracted COVID. Yeah. Found it doesn't matter whether someone gets a breakthrough infection or gets vaccinated after a natural infection. In both cases, the immune response measured in blood revealed antibodies that were equally more abundant and more potent, at least 10 times so, um, than immunity generated by vaccination alone. So I guess if you're like in Scott Robbins' boat, we've talked about it before, who was all the way vaxxed and boosted and still got COVID. Yeah. Yes, now it's very robust. He, he's more antibody than man at this Absolutely. point. Absolutely. You know, but, yes. but the, one, that's kind of common sense, but, I mean, people have been suspecting that for a long time, that that it, it, especially if it's um, you get the vaccine and then you get, or you get the two shots, right, the initial two shots, not talking about the endless cycle of boosters, but get the initial two shots and then you get the virus. So the benefit of the initial two shots appears to be it's a uh, less severe illness that you will get so Mm -hmm. you know it and that's good and then once you recover from covid then you you are pretty much good to go because the the vaccines and that at that point almost rev up the engine so to speak or it's it's sort of a warm-up for the show right that makes sense you know the thing is we don't know what to believe right and again you go back to the same problem because there's a lack of trust because the people like fauci have lied and again, I can't believe, especially people on the left, that you know would take down pharmaceutical companies for people getting hooked on prescription drugs, right? Yeah. All of a sudden, we're, we're to believe everything a pharmaceutical company says. And I, it probably can't be stated enough. Some of the biggest lawsuits in the history of the country were against pharmaceutical companies, and they had to pay out because yeah. they knew what they were doing. Anyway, that's probably enough of that. Okay, here's a, a discovery or an invention that is supposed to be pretty good. We can handle these sorts of stories as grown-ups and mature people, right, David? Um, about about uh, condoms? All right. Okay, we have a better shot without Robbins here. Yes, that's true. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And maybe I should hold this story over and, and give him this news, too. Um, apparently, there is a new type of condom. Not available in the United States yet, um, but it actually makes relations better. Okay. Which would be unheard of uh, for yeah, most people. That would be a surprise, yes. Yeah, absolutely, because usually it works in, well, the other direction. Mm-hmm. It's it's not, it's a hindrance, yes. I think most would say. But this is known as the Viagra. It's kind of gosh. Because it's got a gel that increases, you know, the flow, the blood flow. Yes. Much like gotcha. you know, one yeah. of those would do. Okay. Well, hold on a second. You seem to be nervous right now. If Robbins were here, you'd both be piling on together. Yeah, but, but you'd be able to be the responsible adult in the room, okay? I I need someone to hold my hand as I go out on a limb, all right? <laughs> <laughs> a team at Ohio State. Oh, so sorry. The Ohio State. Right. The, yeah has been researching them and published a report how they can encourage more people to use protection, reminds, they say. Reminds me of an old Garrison Keillor joke. They would do yeah. the uh, annual joke show. until I. This is family-friendly, okay? Okay. Sort of. 
Um, two old ladies are sitting at a bus stop. Uh, both of them are trying to smoke. It's raining out. Well, one of the women uh, puts, uh, goes into her purse, brings out a condom, and puts it on the cigarette. And that helps her be able to smoke without the rain ruining the cigarette. So the other woman says, wow, that's a great idea. So this little old lady, she walks into a corner store, and she says, excuse me, young man, uh, I, where can I find your condoms? And the guy says, oh, okay, well, what kind do you need? What size do you need? And she says, I need one that'll fit a camel. <laughs> that's the joke. Thank you. See, Scott may not be here, but Ted Nugent's thank, always lurking. Thank you, Ted. And thought that was, I thought that you'd was, appreciate that. That one. was very funny. Yes, <laughs> think that the, we listen in to the studio audience. Yes, they, they like that. That's that's pretty good. All right, we have to get to a news update. And yeah, and also Nimrod's of the news straight ahead, <laughs> right here. Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. We'll be back tomorrow. He's fine, by the way. News update, David Van Camp. Uh, okay, our president is not well. It's I, gotten worse. I mean, I know that we all know this, right? But, yeah. man, this is a, uh, a, a new piece of audio uh, during an event um, that he was doing today. Uh, here is our president, Joe Biden. But... Uh... Um, I uh, might point out, you're, uh, when I went to Dearborn, driving that, uh, you know, uh, was up there. I don't know, man. It, it, uh, I think the press thought I was crazy. I enjoyed it so much going up and uh, your new EV factory and, uh, and that, uh, that hump. So he's talking about the car he drove? Talking about the electric truck he drove. Right, it was a truck. Yeah. Wow, man. Golly, man. Is he answering questions there, or is he talking to no. a group of people? No, he's talking to, I think it's someone with Ford that he's speaking to. Oh, my goodness. Trying to be relatable in something, and, and this this poor woman who's down the table from him is just like, okay. Uh, <laughs> it's that awkward look, you know, when when Grandpa, who's lost a step, accidentally pooped his pants. <laughs> You're like, okay, do we point it out? Does he know? Yeah. How do we how do we go about this? It's quite the conundrum. I thought it was bad last week where it sounded like, well, some people said it was like he was trying to get the car to start and he right. couldn't do it. I mean, yeah. <laughs> imagine this. But at least he had a little more energy there. Yeah. yeah. This is who that this thing is. Uh, he just looks tired, out of yeah. gas. Yeah. Maybe that's why it wouldn't start out of gas, <laughs> whatever. And, and people are losing their minds because the NFL MVP has been named. Yeah, well, the uh, yeah the uh, uh, Pro Football Writers of America have named Aaron Rodgers at the 2021 <laughs> MVP. <laughs> and they're like, but he's an anti-vaxxer. He's, he's lying. lying. He's <laughs> He took horse deep, <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah, I even heard some sports writers say, I'm, I'm not voting for him because of that. Yeah. Okay, whatever, man. 
You know, I floated this out to a couple of uh, friends of mine who are Packers fans, being an old fan of the Cowboys. It's been a lot of suffering. Jerry Jones, just get on the phone, man. Aaron, hey, it's Jerry. Time's running out for you. It's running out for me. You could go to Denver, but it doesn't quite have the panache as the Dallas Cowboys. Mm -hmm. You want more Super Bowls. I want more Super Bowls before we hang it up. Why don't you come on down here to Dallas? We'll trade uh, Dak up there to Green Bay. They're not going to get anything if you just leave. That way they have a quarterback. Maybe we can make a deal. Jerry's left hand is getting lonely. <laughs> and no one really wants to do that. It makes sense, doesn't it, on some level for both yeah. teams? I don't know. It just seems. All right, we got to get the Nimrod, so let's roll it out there. Is Nimrod's broken? Okay. When the going gets tough. Damn it, this is too hard. The dumb get dumber. All right, Dan. It's Nimrod's in the news on the Martley, Van Camp, and Robbins show. I love the poorly educated. All right. Nimrod's in the news. Vero Beach, Florida. Cops get a call the other afternoon. 30-year-old guy, Eric Bennett, visibly intoxicated on an unknown substance. So they're talking to him now. Cops are. They noticed his pockets filled with something because they're bulging out. <clears throat> Said he had any weapons? He's like, no, man, just a bag full of syringes. Uh, excuse me? They're not for drugs, though. I, I use them for fishing. <laughs> excuse me. Yeah, I use them for fishing. Uh, well, what about this bag of fentanyl? Uh, yeah, he was arrested oh, on geez. the spot. That's Nimrod's in the news.